It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on into the 48th edition. Now, uh, I know last week was the 47th edition, and I <laughs> realized after that I completely skipped over the 46th episode, which I think is it's pretty on brand for the Counterplay Podcast. I simply just forgot. I forgot it was, <laughs> I was supposed to do the 46th episode, so that was not a slap in the face to John Doran Boss, uh, which it would have been the John Doran Boss episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. Um, so I just accidentally skipped right over it. And I jumped from 45 to 47. And now we are in episode 48 of the Counterpoint Podcast, a.k.a. the Wes Hopkins slash John Ritchie episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. So, like, I, you know, I couldn't just say it's the Ritchie podcast and completely disregard Wes Hopkins. Um, but I also could not put Ritchie in it because he's a co-worker. And that would be rude to do to a, a, a former Eagles co-worker. Um, so, yeah. So the Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by the Go Birds Pod. Or as we call it here on Counterpoint, the GB's pod. Uh, on today's show, we got Jack's headlines, of course. Uh, uh, an official statement, breaking news on Cocky Howie versus Cocky Doug. We got to go deep, deep inside the trust tree. The trust tree is going to be trusted this episode. And of course, we have the Counterpoint Mailbag, which you can always email at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. But let's start with Jack's headlines. So the Eagles went up to Foxborough last week and played pretty shitty. And Nick Foles got hurt. Uh, Nate Sudfeld balled out. The Big V looked like absolute dog shit. Um, and the and, and the Patriots like tried to to make like a statement and like oh you know trying to make up for the whole Super Bowl loss and like try to really rub it in our face and like stick it to us and like congratulations I don't know like. Congratulations on beating us in that preseason game uh, and losing to us <laughs> six months prior or six months before. Like, I don't know. It's it's weird to try to make a statement and be super serious like after you already lost a Super Bowl. Like, congratulations. And with that being said, the first thing we're going to do in Jack's headlines is we are going to ban Doug Gottlieb. 
Uh, Doug Gottlieb is a terrible basketball uh, analyst. Just just horrible at that. Very opinionated, but always wrong in his opinions. And he also got kicked off of his college basketball team for uh, credit card scamming people. Um, So he's a good dude. Real good dude, that Doug Gottlieb. And he came out and said that he's, he's filling in for Colin Coward. And of course, when you fill in for Colin Coward, you just got to come in with like hot takes and, and, and Doug Gottlieb has some takes. And he said that that game was like a statement game and you don't come into New England and win. And to have that reaction after week two of the super, uh, week two of the preseason uh, is just utterly ridiculous and hot garbage. So Doug Gottlieb uh, officially banned from the podcast just for just trash takes over trash takes. And like, why are you even commenting on, on NFL football? Like go to college basketball, like something that you're supposed to be good at. Um, so Doug Gottlieb is, is, is very much banned. Uh, now listen, the game wasn't great. And listen, like I be completely honest with you. We're going to go, we're going to jump right in the trust tree. Um, I feel like this is a team that uh, hasn't completely gotten over the Super Bowl yet. And I thought Vitae's comments were a little bit surprising. Uh, just like how he was like, yeah, we won the Super Bowl. I wasn't ready to go and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, well, listen, man, you, you're, you're, you're protecting the quarterback's blind side. And Nick Foles got hurt. Like you, you got to nut up or shut up. And I just, I, I didn't like those comments from big V. I didn't like the, the way they played. Um, and I think they're going to start the season slow. I think they're going to start off a little bit slow. I think the upside of this team, and I think by week six, week seven, this team is going to be rolling and, and they're going to get right back on track. But I just, I just feel like it's going to be like a really weird kind of start to the season for this team. And, you know, Doug came in all the way back in June and was talking about how he wanted to put this, he wanted to put the Super Bowl behind him. And he just, it just feels like they haven't been able to do it yet. Now, I think that is going to change completely now that Carson Wentz is back. So Carson Wentz, he was officially activated, not activated. He's, he's cleared for 11 on 11s, but in my mind, he's activated for week one. <laughs> um, Wentz is back. And when I saw it come across my timeline, uh, it 100% moved. So we're going to, we're going to, we're going to break out the, the Carson Wentz chub meter when he was clear for 11 on 11s. There was, there was, there was no pulse for a little bit on the Carson Wentz chub meter. And there was a flicker. There was a little flicker. There's a semi chub. Once he saw that Carson Wentz, uh, was activated for 11 on 11s. This team needs Carson Wentz back. Uh, just from a, they need, they need Carson Wentz back for the, Oh shit, this is real thing. Like when you're coming off of a, of a championship season, one of the best things that a team can do is add guys who haven't won before. And no, Carson Wentz is obviously not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. But what they did in this offseason, they didn't really go out and get guys who hadn't won before, and they did with Mike Wallace. And I think they got a, a chip on a shoulder guy like like Michael Bennett. I think that was important. But the reason why a lot of us think that this team has the ceiling uh, greater of last year's team is that they're getting a, a Carson Wentz back, an MVP candidate, and they're getting Jason Peters back, and they're getting Jordan Hicks back. So all and Marigos, of course. But like those guys are gonna should be able to raise the level of the other guys in the team. And now Wentz is back. I feel like the rest of the team, like you saw Lane Johnson say, the sheriff's back in town. And I feel like that's how the rest of the team is just waiting for Carson to get back. He's going to raise their intensity level because he knows that he is not a Super Bowl winning quarterback and shit's about to go down. So back for Carson Wentz being back for multiple reasons is important. One, I think is that. Two, 
all of us like can just relax for five seconds. Like he's finally going to practice, finally be cleared seven on seven. Is fi- well, it's fine. But now he's playing 11 on 11. Like this is, this is real shit. So very excited. Uh, Carson Wentz is back. The Chubb meter is uh, right about a semi at this point. And I finally decided how I want to see Carson Wentz reintroduced to the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans. So um, it's, it's gotta be, it can't just be your typical, like, and your quarterback, number 11, Carson Wentz. And he comes like running out and, and doing his whole entire thing. Like this is, this is too important. Like, it, you know, he, it's just, it's, it's too important of a guy. It's too important of a season. It's too important of a statement. And I am now in the camp that he's going to play week one. And I don't want to see the Eagles half-assed it. I thought they half-assed this, the, the, the preseason game last week. I thought they did. I was disappointed. I want to see more trolling. More trolling is always good because you won the Super Bowl. And it's better than less trolling and not being as fun. But whatever. I, I digress. Carson Wentz needs to be introduced in the following manner. So everyone's gonna get everyone is gonna be introduced. Uh, I think Jason Peters deserves a, a long introduction. And I kind of want Jason Peters to just walk out. Like a nice, cocky ass walkout from Jason Peters. I don't want to see a sprint. I don't want to see a jog. A slow, like a slow walk to the song by Jay-Z where he's like, allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hove. Anyway, that's going to be Jason Peters, but he's walking out to that. That's how I want to see Jason Peters introduced to that song. Everyone gets a different song. And Carson Wentz, his has to be special. So when, when they're getting ready to announce Carson being introduced as a starter for that Thursday night against the Falcons. All the lights in the stadium, I want to be completely turned off. So all lights off. No one really knows what's going on. They're like, oh my God, do we lose power? No. Because a spotlight is going to come shining down right into where the Eagles get introduced. And somehow, some way, they're going to get a boulder in there. And the boulder is going to be put in front of where Carson would be coming out of. Now, I know everyone's like, well, Jack, why a boulder? Well, if you were not familiar with the story of Jesus, he was buried and there was a boulder placed in front of his tomb. And three days later, they came back and the boulder was moved. I think that's how it went. But in my, that's how my version. So the so the Jack version of the Bible was that they moved that and he got he like floated up. So. In my version, that's what happened, and that's also what's going to happen for Carson Wentz. They're going to, so there, so somehow there's going to be a boulder placed in front of the entrance uh, for those about to rock. Is going to to start playing. For I don't want, for, I don't want for those about to rock just to be like the the hey, ever ever the whole team's coming out that kind of thing. So that's all great, uh, but I want it for Carson. So like the boulder is going to be in front of the of where Carson's going to come out, and just like Jesus, he's going to rise from the dead. And lead us to the promised land. So, um, he the boulders there. The whole team, all fifty, all all fifty three. Maybe Doug Howie is not going to be doing this because I don't I don't think he would even have a chance of moving that that boulder. But for those about to rock, going to start the the spotlight is going to be shining down on Carson. And once the whole like like it really starts going, uh, the boulder will be moved out of the way. Carson comes sprinting out to midfield right on the Eagles logo. 
plants a flag, grabs the mic, and says, let's get it, and then drops the mic. Crowd goes wild, and the Eagles go on a magnificent run to the Super Bowl again. Ronald Darby was downright dominant in in the Patriots game. And, I, you know, I feel like a lot of people listen to this podcast and like, you know, I don't know if Jack actually knows anything about football. And I try to tell everyone before the season even started, guys, he's going from 41 to 21. He's going to be a pro bowler this year. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, here we go. Jack doesn't know anything about football. Like, when is someone going to give me some credit around here? Like, I may not know the X's and O's as well as some people, but I sure know number changes. And you're not going to give me credit when, when he makes a Pro Bowl this year because of that number change? I mean, he's been ridiculous. He looks two steps faster. Going from 41 to 21 can absolutely do that to a man. So, listen, I'm just saying when he makes a Pro Bowl this year, just 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 give me some credit. Okay? Um, Brandon Graham. Off the pup list. So slowly but surely, the Eagles are getting healthy. Wentz off. Wentz sort of back. Brandon Graham back. Possibly great for week one. Feels like it feels like the Eagles are starting to get uh, healthy. And there was there was a, a two week period there where I was like, man, I don't know if Wentz is going to play week one. Brandon Graham, uh, Alshon. It felt like the injuries were just like it was going to be a lot. But slowly but surely, everyone's starting to come off and, and starting to get healthy a little bit around here. And watch out because they need it right now. They need that motivation. So uh, moving on. All right, so. I've got an important announcement uh, announcement to make. So I came on this podcast a couple months ago and I said that I enjoyed Cocky Howie more than Cocky Doug. And breaking news, Cocky Doug has surpassed and taken the torch from Cocky Howie. Um, Cocky Howie, I, I do thoroughly enjoy Cocky Howie, but Cocky Howie's been too quiet for me. He's not as snarly. Like when, when Cocky Howie is flying on all cylinders... He's swinging his dick. Um, he's being cocky. I thought the beer would get him going. But right now, I mean, Cocky Doug is just blowing him out of the water. The The torch has been passed from Cocky Howie to Cocky Doug. And if Cocky Howie wants to get it back, listen, you're going to have to get a first round pick for, for Nick Foles. And Howie, that's looking like a mistake that he didn't trade him in the offseason. I'm just going to say, I love, you, I love you, Howie. And I trust you with all my heart. But... Should have traded Foles. And I think we all knew that at the time. And in fact, he didn't. That has Cocky Doug surpassing Cocky Howie at this point. And you say, Jack, why? Why did Cocky Doug surpass Cocky Howie? It's really simple. Cocky Doug has just been out in full force these last two weeks. So last week, you have the comments from John D. Filippo saying that Doug Peterson is pissed off that they don't score on every single play, which. I mean, the cocky Doug meter is just slamming down the full cocky Doug uh, side of it. Uh, he, today came out that he said no to having Mike Lombardi join him on this book that he wrote. Uh, Mike Lombardi sent him a an apology letter written by a typewriter. If you make a guy break out a fucking typewriter to send you an apology, you know you've won. Like, you know you've won. And Mike Lombardi, that little weasel... Broke out a typewriter saying, hey, Doug, I'm really sorry. And, you know, it's like, oh, uh, Doug won that. And then in like, usually Doug would be, I think, I think first year Doug would have been like, oh, sure, Mike Lombardi, I'll help you out. But 
but post Super Bowl champion Doug is like, mm, no, kiss the ring. So he said no to Mike Lombardi because he wanted to like help him write his book or something or have an excerpt. And Doug's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. So Kahi Doug does that. He another story came out today that he was watching Jaguars versus um, Patriots in his office before the NFC Championship game. And he was yelling at the TV because the Jaguars weren't being uh, aggressive against the Patriots and Bill Belichick. And he's like, I would never do that. And boom, two weeks later, he was not. Um, also, you mean to have the whole story about him being <laughs> liking being called Big Balls Doug and how it's an honor. Um, you have him carrying the super, like, like it's been the summer of Doug. It's been the summer of Doug and it's been great. He came in and I, I will, I will give Doug credit. I think Doug has moved past the, the Super Bowl win. I think he, he came in before minicamp and was like, listen, after this ring ceremony, I want to move on and I want to, I want to set the tone and say, Hey man, the Super Bowl is great, but we got to get back there again. And I just don't know if all the players have, have gotten that message yet. To Doug's credit, I think he will set the tone and I expect a completely different performance in week three of the preseason, which mm, is it a trap game or is it a must win? Feeling like a must win. I think week three of the preseason is definitely more of a must win than a trap game. Um, so, I mean, cocky Doug. It's been the summer of Doug and he has officially taken the torch from Cocky Howie, and if Cocky Howie wants to get the torch back, he's got to get a first for Nick Foles, and he has to hold a press conference and come in with like a like a Super Bowl polo on or something like that, with the ring, of course. But it's 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 shaky ground for Howie right now, and he needs to get his his, his footing back. All right, so we gotta uh, we really like I for as much as I try to help you in the trust tree and. Um, as much as the trust tree is there for each other, I feel like I'm going to ruffle some feathers. Well, ru- ruffle some leaves of the trust tree with, with, with this one. So as I've talked about many times on this podcast, I am getting married this Saturday. So I'm getting married this Saturday, which is crazy and fun and awesome all wrapped into one. And I thoroughly cannot wait. Um, And with that, I won't, there won't be a counterpoint next week because I'm going to be, in Costa Rica. And I don't think I'm going to bring my recording stuff. So I won't be recording counterpoint from Costa Rica. Although getting some interviews from down there from people would be interesting. <laughs> I don't know what they would say about our Eagles, but I don't know. Um, so, but here's why I really need you guys. And I want to know if you forgive me, if you are mad at me, that's fine. If you never listen to this podcast again, I get it. If you call me a fraud and not diseased Eagles fan, I understand. Um, and if I should be banned from my own podcast. <laughs> um, a Cowboys fan is doing our marriage. So our, my, our pastor is who we've known like since we were 15. He is m- marrying us. And he is a Cowboys fan and he's a Cowboys fan. He's not like a, like a typical Cowboys fan. Like he's obviously not in your face. He's a pastor. Good dude. But it's just like, doesn't that kind of mess up the sanctity of marriage that a, a Cowboys fan front running fraud is overseeing our wedding. 
Um, I, I'm sorry that I let this happen, but he's also like a, a guy we've known for a long time. And I've been able to put the cowboy fan in him past me. Um, and he's also a cowboy fan that like, likes, likes the, 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 the Phillies and all the other Philly sports scenes, but it's just the Cowboys, which is also the worst. And I, and I understand I've said many times that I think that is the worst kind of Cowboys fan. But a Cowboys fan's marrying me. And I feel very conflicted about it. That's why we're in the trust tree. Um, and listen, if you think I should be banned from my own podcast, I understand. I will take a self-imposed two-week ban. Now, maybe because I'm on vacation. But we'll call it a two-week ban uh, a Cowboys fan. Does it even does it, does the marriage even count at that point? I don't think it does. It might it might not count. It might be void. But I'm sorry. I probably let everyone down that listens to this podcast. But a a Cowboys fan is is marrying Jill and I. Sorry. Whew. I need to get that off my chest. So listen, I'm sorry. I probably let down a lot of people, but that's why the trust tree is there. So the trust tree is a trust tree. Because we can we can go into it, we can be honest with ourselves, talk about real things, and uh, and be better for it. So with that, let's check the counterpoint mailbag. Um, from Raymond Hodge Hodges, who checked in last week, and I called him old. Turns out he's only fifty four, so he's not that old, but he's still kind of old. I mean, my parents are older. But my parents also, you know, you seem like a young guy, Raymond. Raymond, if you're listening to the Counterpoint podcast, which you obviously do, um, you're not that old. And you get it, which is impressive. Most most of the old people listen. Older people, not old. The elder folk. That sounds worse than old. Older people that listen to this podcast, I feel like, would think it's a, a joke, which is not. It's a very serious podcast. And would probably hate it and the humor involved with it. But I respect you for liking the podcast, Raymond. Thank you. Anyway. Um, hey, Jack. Just wanted to thank you for reading my somewhat long anecdotal story about us Eagles fans taking over City Field in NYC on your recent podcast. And hey, man, I'm only 54, so it's not like I'm that old. Also, thought the suggestion that you would reenact the strip sack with Jill's bouquet at the wedding was a fantastic idea, provided you all wear the appropriate jerseys as we suggested. Good luck, brother. I've been happily married for 30 years on September 10th, so don't let anyone make you believe marriage can't last. Just keep the trust tree well-maintained and you'll be fine. Oh, thanks, Raymond. I appreciate that. Yeah, listen... Marriage works. I agree. From Jeff Hinkleday. Uh, hey, Jack. What's the strangest, funniest jersey, e- Eagles jersey you've ever seen? My mom has a custom Mark Simino that she still wears. Remember when she went, remember when he kicked that extra point that one time? She liked him before that for some reason. Also, I think the trust tree needs either a suicide pool or a pick and pull for the 2018 season with the winner getting to go as a future episode of Counterpoint. I'd say something witty to end my email, but it's after 10 p.m., and I'm tired because apparently 29 is when he turned to an old person. Well, uh, Jeff uh, Raymond is 54 and I don't think he ever gets tired. So listen, step up your game. So uh, I I actually own a Dante Stallworth jersey, which I think would qualify for this scenario. So yeah, I still own a Dante Stallworth jersey. And my justification for owning said jersey was that it was right after T.O. I was in like sixth grade and I was very torn up about T.O., and I was very upset. I thought the Eagles blew their chances to win a Super Bowl. So I coped with getting a Dante Stallworth jersey. And my ESPN username is, is still to this day, T.O. Sucks for Life. So um, with, a, with a dope like 4 and S-U-X. So I was cool. 
Dante Stalwart jersey is, is, a, is a travesty. Anyway, your suicide pool or pick and pool is a great idea. So what I'm going to do, or actually what you're going to do, if you want to be in the pick and pool or suicide pool for the counterpoint podcast or the trash trade, one of those two email me at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. I will send you out a link and whoever wins gets to host a future episode of counterpoint. If I win, I will host my own podcast, which doesn't make any sense. But if I lose and someone else, you know, beats me and is the winner, you get to come into WIP or if you're like uh, out of the country or in Australia or in Europe or in a different part of the United States and not in Philadelphia, I'll call you and we'll, we'll talk about the trust tree and all that fun stuff. So that's, that's my, that's my plan. So if you want to be in it, just email me at counterpointmailbag at gmail.com. I will set it up and I promise you will host an episode of counterpoint with me. So that'd be fun from Kayla Fredrickson. This is a very long email. A very long, a very long email. Now, I very much appreciate it that you think of this highly of me. Just saying it's a very long email. Okay. Got to take a deep breath for this one. And see, you know, everyone sends me long emails and you know I can't read that well. So I don't appreciate it, but whatever. Um, hi, Jack. There have been several disease Eagles fans who aren't from Philly and have written to the counterpoint mailbag asking you to le- legitimize this is going well. This is this is already off off the off the rails. And this is like the first sentence of a, of a long, a long email asking you to legitimize them as disease Eagles fans as a, as a self-proclaimed member of the trust tree. I can't feel truly comfortable calling myself a diseased Eagles fan until I receive your blessing. But until now I've been afraid to write in because what if you decide I'm a fraud? I finally decided to face music for two reasons. First, you should be married by the time you get this email. Well, I'm not. And wanted to say congratulations. Well, thank you in advance. From the moment you announced that you were proposed to Jill during the bye week so that you could devote more time to her, I knew you'd be the only person to guide me in my life as a diseased Eagles fan. Second, I just spent uh, about an hour semi-drunkenly rambling to my friend about every detail of my Super Bowl weekend, and I think I owe her, I owe it to her to get a diagnosis. So here it goes. I'm not from Philly. I'm from California, and I live in North Carolina. Uh, sadly, my dad is, a Min- is from Minnesota and is a Vikings fan. Well, it's not sad. I mean, we just kicked his ass like up and down the field for four quarters. But he agrees that the Vikings fans are soft, so I won't hold it against him. He's completely right. Vikings fans are an embarrassment. I started thinking football was cool when I was about 10 or 11, and I started out as a 49ers fan. Then in the summer of 2002, I went to band camp, dope, um, and and had a little boyfriend from Elkins Park. When camp ended, I went back home and started watching Eagles games so that I would have something to chat with him about on AIM. That is dope. Because that uh, was what middle school kids did back in 2002. But after a few games, I was completely hooked. I mean, Brian Dawkins. My brain couldn't even process the insanity that I was watching. I cried for two hours when they lost to the Bucks, and after that, there was no turning back. I actually still know the guy from Dawkins Park, and there's no question that I'm now a way bigger Eagles fan than he is. I actually think that being an Eagles fan outside of Philly had only made my conviction stronger because I spent my entire life defending my beloved team and rejected the disgusting Cowboys fans who, without fail, think they can just approach me in bars and flirt with me. Gross. Anyway... Here's a non-exclusive way list of things I've done that I think you agree are symbolic of a diseased Eagles fan. Number one, I was lucky enough to have a family friend who was a linebacker for the 49ers in the 60s and 70s, and he would take me to games with him when they played the Eagles. I proudly showed up to each game in my Eagles gear and sat among them and only and other retired 49ers. The Eagles never lost a game that I went to. I'm normally pretty stoked, but I cried after every NFC Championship game, Super Bowl, 
and major NFC NFC East loss and also cried when they finally beat the Falcons in the NFC Championship game and obviously cried when they won the Super Bowl and a dozen other important games. That's all you need. I was in college uh, and about to go home for winter break during the Miracle of the Meadowlands at the new Meadowlands game. With two minutes left in the game, I had to get on a bus to go to the airport, so I called my dad and made him give me the play-by-play. When the Eagles won, the entire bus clapped for me. I cried, of course. (laughs) Uh, I was a music major in college, and we had several assignments where we had to compose music, and I gave all my composition compositions eagles fans related titles such as the mcnab trade scenes from andy reed's playbook and obviously dallas sucks number five i'm in a pair of eagles underwear that i've worn every game day since i was 15 which probably no one really wanted to know well guess what now everyone knows um also when i was 15 i persuaded my parents to go to philly for my mom's birthday just so i could see the link in real life and then bought the aforementioned underwear okay it probably shouldn't be surprising that i became a lawyer also i wasn't i wasn't a terrible child my mom had a great birthday Seven, I watched Brian Dawkins before Brian Dawkins highlights before every exam I had in law school to get me in the zone. Obviously, I graduated with honors. Eight, I respond awkwardly when people yell go birds at me. Same. Uh, fast forward to Super Bowl weekend because this list turns into an epic poem. I went to Philly for Super Bowl weekend and asked everyone I met if they were diseased Eagles fans and gave them really judgmental looks when they didn't know what I was talking about. Then I met Sean and Becker from WIP and talked to them for a while about how Counterpoint was the best BGN radio show. And then we all tweeted you. I couldn't watch the game in public, so I watched in my hotel room at the Bellevue and then ran outside to celebrate with my all my new friends after they won. I vomited during the national anthem. After the Super Bowl win, I got a tattoo of two concentric circles to represent Doug Peterson's giant balls. One of the things... One other thing, you should know that I refer to you as my guru. I'm not kidding. My boyfriend asked me, uh, my boyfriend literally asked me what, what my guru thinks when we talk about the Eagles. Also, he's from Australia, and I've made my position clear that if he takes me there, I fully intend to hang out with all the disease, diseased Eagles fans from down under who listen to the show. So what do you say? Am I diseased? And this is Kayla at KFred831 on Twitter. Uh, yeah, you are, you are definitely diseased. You are 100% exonerated of not being from around here perfectly fine uh kayla you've been a great listener to the show and uh, a great tweeter for the last couple of 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 weeks and months since i started the podcast so always appreciate you chiming in and thank you for letting everyone know that you still wear the underwear you wore when you're 15 (laughs) for every eagles home game all right so let's go to david tomei counterpoint episode 47 Jack, in listening to you and Snake Barcher talk about trust tree apparel, it came to my attention that A, this apparel has been lacking in all of our lives for far too long, and B, this apparel needs to be out of this world awesome. We talk about Doug and his massive balls wearing Super Bowl 52 apparel, Carson's badass sleeve, Midnight Green versus Kelly Green, trust, trust tree apparel must be on point. What I suggest is that on the back of the pocket tee, we have a word collage of trust treeisms meshed together. No fakes. A list of those who are banned from the Counterboy podcast, a Kemsky stick figure being out on Danelle Pumphrey, etc. But emphasized in front of all, in front of all is the you want Philly Philly in white font so that fellow members of the trust tree can identify each other. On top of that, I think all trust treeisms should be in your handwriting since you are the roots and trunk of the tree curating and supporting all of us fellow members. Shouldn't it be our leaders? Shouldn't it be our leader who pens our credo for all to see? The credo, credo. I don't know. Honestly, I feel like there's a, a mythology in the trust tree, and having that all on a shirt for us trust tree members to sport. 
I think it would be so cool. Jack and fellow listeners for that matter, let me know your thoughts on this incredibly important decision. Also, staying serious, I sincerely wish you and Jill a lifetime of joy in each other's company and hope that your wedding day is all that you want it to be. All the best, David Tomei. I will talk to Barchard. We do need to figure it out. Like, I just need to figure it out. Once I get back from Costa Rica, we will figure it out definitely before the season. And if you want, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. It's it's time. It It is time. It is 100% time. Uh, from Brandon Allen. Jack, I normally tweet at you. But this is a little longer than usual. I've been a part of the Trust Tree since episode one. I have a friend, Mark, who just started listening to the Counterpoint podcast. He was telling me how he doesn't quite get it and he doesn't know if he likes it. I told him if he was part of the Trust Tree that he'd understand. I told him I just can't, I can't just let him in since I'm not the fans are. So Jack, can we forgive Mark and can he be in these disease cult that we love? <sighs> you know... If he doesn't understand the trust tree, it's, 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 you know, it's hard, it's hard to be in it. You know, if you don't, if you don't understand that the trust tree, listen, the trust tree is a, is a place where everyone can just come in. It's okay. If you have, if you may have a negative thought on the Eagles, that's why the trust tree is there. Like we don't, we don't ever want to be negative about the Eagles, but sometimes you feel things. The trust tree is a place where you can come in and we won't judge you. We're all, we're, it's a, it's a whole big happy family inside the trust tree. So, um, if he wants to be a part of that, I will gladly welcome him in. Also, like, what is there not to like about the Counterpoint Podcast? You know, I've seen a lot of slander of the Counterpoint Podcast on, like, the iTunes reviews and on, like, Twitter and Reddit. And, like, it's a not serious podcast. What is what is there not to like about it? Do I would imagine getting mad at the Counterpoint Podcast. Um, anyway, but yeah, listen, Brandon, if, 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 if Mark... He's more than welcome. Everyone is welcome inside the trust tree. Just as long as they don't, they don't, they don't quit on us when the times get tough. The trust tree is a, is a forgiving place. A place where we can all talk about things with the Eagles. But you know, we can't just, you can't just get out if you don't like the podcast. It's like, eh. yeah. So if he, if he wants to be in more than welcome from Teddy, uh, Boriani. <clears throat> hey Jack, a couple weeks ago, I sent a, in a mailbag question asking what Jersey I should get and whether it's Jake Elliott Jersey would be a good idea or not. And you suggested Corey Clement. And I do think getting a Clement Jersey would be great, which is why I got a Clement Jersey with a Super Bowl patch after they won. While I could have settled on just this one, I thought the presence of the Super Bowl patch should make it reserved for special occasions and not my game day attire. I was also going to include in my last message that I already got a, a Clement Jersey, but I figured considering your previous feelings toward him, uh, it would be a safe bet for me not to suggest that little did I know that episode would happen to be the one that started the one that started by reconciling your relationship with Corey. And after that, it was all downhill from there. So with all that in mind, I'm going to need some answers as to why you decided to forgive Clement on this particular episode and also another Jersey recommendation. So I decided to forgive Corey Clement because I love Corey Clement and I didn't want people to think that I didn't love Corey Clement because Corey Clement is like everything I love about a good football team like Corey Clement is the embodiment of a, what a healthy organization looks like getting a guy off the scrap heap to turn into a guy that's going to be a serious contributor is all I've ever wanted from my all of my teams and the Sixers did with Robert Covington the Phillies did with Adubo Herrera the I don't, I don't know about the Flyers I'm sorry um, and Clement was that for the Eagles I think that is a sign of a healthy organization he was the embodiment of that and I was able to, I was able to get past the Cowboys thing. We're still going to have a talk about it. It's not like I forgot about it. It's just that I didn't want people thinking that I hated Corey Clement because I secretly love Corey Clement. 
Uh, another jersey recommendation. I've decided that Alshon Jeffrey is another jersey I think you should get. Not only was he uh, the best receiver on a Super Bowl team, he's going to be here for a little while. And he's also like really good. I, I, I love Alshon Jeffrey. I loved Alshon Jeffrey since his rookie year, and he helped me win a fantasy championship. So I would personally go Alshon Jeffrey just because he's a boss. From Matthew Ada, been a Disease Eagles fan for, for 25 years, and I made a few bucks on some bets in last year's playoffs slash Super Bowl games. Well, I hope you're listening to what the line is saying because I was hot last year, like more hot than I usually am. I think I, I think I was wrong like three times. And uh, Jack Cole, who always tweets the show, like his dad made serious money off of it. So I hope you're listening to that. Um, being the Disease Eagles fan that I am, I'm going to throw a grand on Week One's game. Why? Home game, Super Bowl banner ceremony, and that's about it. I also have this mindset that Wentz will play. Talk me out of it or fly, Eagles fly. Side note, I listen to every Eagles podcast out there, and yours is hands down my favorite. Go Birds. Thank you, Matthew. It feels like it's either you love Counterpoint or you hate Counterpoint. Like, there's no there's no in-between. Well, once again, like, if you get angry at Counterpoint, that's more of a you problem. Like, it's, it's just stupid. Anyway, um, yeah, so... I was nervous about Wentz playing, but I think Wentz is going to play now. So, and if they do that intro that I scripted for them, I think they, I think they win by like a thousand. Um, a grand, a grand's a lot. I'm not going to say it's not a lot. Um, and you know, last year the 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 I just I don't know what the line is yet, but I'd be super skeptical. Skeptical. Get back to me after Thursday. Because I want to see how they play in that game. If they're gonna if they're gonna come out sluggish or if Doug got through to them. If Doug got through to them, I say throw a grand on them. But if they haven't gotten through to them yet, like this is just stressful. Like I, I, I'm I am not ever serious on this podcast. But <laughs> when there's a grand on the line, I feel like I got to be semi serious. And um, if they come out sluggish again and don't look, don't look like they're clicking, and it looks like Doug didn't get through to them. I would be super skeptical skeptical about week one. So, yeah, wait till Thursday. Wait till Thursday. All right. Uh, and finally, let's go to the Twitter.com. From Neil Dutton, a good friend. Uh, as we approach the start of the season, what's the likelihood of, How- of a Howie special trade? He's leaving it late this year. Yeah, but he did trade Sam Bradford with eight, ga- eight days until the home opener. So, we still got some time. However, um, and now Wentz is clear for 11-11s and Foles, but I feel like he'll be selling Foles low because he's kind of banged up. I don't know if we're going to get, I don't think we're going to get one, Neil. But since he's such an avid listener of the podcast, he's going to hear that the torch just got passed from him to Cocky Doug. And he might want to get that torch back. So we can see a trade by the weekend. We can see a trade by the weekend. Um, from Jordan Bog at Jordan Bog 9 on Twitter. Jack, as as a Disease Eagles fan, do I get a pass on overreacting to preseason games? I know that it means nothing, but when I when I watch, I can't help but let my negative emotions come out. Should I stop watching the games so that my negative juju doesn't rub off on the team? Listen, that's why the trust tree is here. I went into the trust tree early. I think they look like a team that is not completely over the Super Bowl yet. Listen, you're it's a, it's fine to be negative for for a second, and then you can just remind yourself that they won the Super Bowl, and it's fine. From Eric Hernandez at Master Freaks on Twitter. Do you think the Eagles should should show the rookies talent show? Yes, they should. And the fact that CSN or whatever it is now, like I've thought for a long time, they should just have a live feed like on. First off, the open practices should one hundred percent be televised. Like, why would they not be televised? It's Eagles content. Like, that's what all people want. So, I that that should be televised. There should be training camp should be televised. Well, I guess training camp can't be televised because then teams might steal stuff. But yeah, like. 
I think more Eagles content is good. And the fact that they don't even show the rookie talent show is just, come on. I want to see that. I need to see that. Um, from Frank Foxman on Twitter, at another beer rep. Jack, have you noticed that Carson switched from wearing black cleats to white cleats? What's your reaction? I like the white cleat and white pant duo. Um, sidebar, can you set an over-under for Carson TD passes this year? Many thanks. I think Carson looks flying white, but he has worn white cleats before. Um, I do like the classic black cleat white pant combo, um, but white cleats are pretty fly. They don't work with the green jerseys. Like that's probably still black, but I agree with you with the white on white on white. Yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty sweet. And his over under on passing touchdowns, 35. No, 34.5. 34.5. He's going to set the record again this year. He's going to top his numbers from last year. From 50 Shades of Rage, at iWeaponX on Twitter. Do you feel like mentioning the Philly special is the greatest play in Eagles history is the new Go Birds? It definitely took balls to call, but the Brandon Graham strip sack and the fourth and one to Ertz are much more critical to the outcome of, game, outcome of the game, in my opinion. So the Philly special is the greatest play call in Eagles history, but I, I agree with you. I think it's just like, I think that's something that people can just latch onto and all the Eagles, like the fake Eagles fans will be like, yeah, Philly special, all that stuff. And like the Philly special is dope. And the fact that they called it there was ridiculous and it was probably the ballsiest play call in, in Super Bowl and maybe NFL history. But like, yeah, the, the Brandon Graham strip sack is is underappreciated. And the fourth of one to Ertz is, is the most underappreciated play of that entire game. Like it's not even close. That, that play was ridiculous. It was a game changer. It that took almost as much, almost as much balls as the Philly special. But all people talk about is the Philly special. The fourth and one to Ertz was just as ballsy. They were on, they were on their, their side of the 50 in the fourth quarter. Like that's crazy. It's crazy. He did it. Like, I mean, Doug, this, this is, this is why you have taken the torch from cocky Howie. Cause you're just the best. And finally from West Champlin on Twitter, who I forgot to, uh, Forgot to check my DMs last week. Counterpoint mailbag question. Would you trade Carson Wentz for Mike Trout? And I know a lot of people would say, well, no, I wouldn't. And I want Mike Trout. Well, first off, I think Mike Trout's going to come regardless. But um, Carson Wentz plays the most important position um, in the biggest sport in the city. And I can't trade him for Mike Trout. I mean, Mike Trout's the best player in baseball and been the best player since Bonds. And he's been in like three playoff games. So uh, Wentz is more important, but Mike Trott's going to be here in 2021 anyway. So that's all I got to say about that. So uh, no counterpoint next week. I will be in Costa Rica. Uh, I suppose I'm going like horseback riding, that poor horse and all kinds of crazy stuff, which I'm looking forward to. But I will be, will be back the week after getting you ready for the Falcons game. And uh, it's going to be fun. Podcast. A radio.com podcast.